Well, good evening. So nice to have you with us tonight for our night of prayer. Um, those of you that are watching via live stream and online, um, we're going to do it a little bit differently tonight. Um, uh, we're honored to have with us Cindy Cox, our healing ministry pastor, is going to be heading up the program tonight of prayer. And uh, you can, we are encouraging you to comment, to uh, ask questions. If you have prayer requests, you can put those in. And uh, Cindy will be able to see them as soon as you post them. She'll be able to see them and she can respond and lead that direction of prayer. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is giving you a, a specific word um, for, for our time of prayer, um, post that and Cindy will be releasing that. And um, we're just looking forward to a great night tonight of just seeking the face of the Lord because you know what? God has everything under control. So we just encourage you and to join with us wherever you're at and uh, just have a time of prayer with us tonight. Right now, I want to just turn it over to Cindy Cox.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we're so glad to be here with all of you tonight. Um, I've never taught to an empty room before. I've never prayed to an empty room before, but it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's about his spirit. It's about his leading, about his presence. I'd like to welcome all of you here tonight. Um, I'd like to especially welcome all of those who are listening in from our healing ministry, um, our Monday night, Tuesday night meetings. Welcome. Um, this is a, a message in season. So here's the plan. We have about an hour. I'm going to share a short message that I feel is critical for the time that we're in right now in our world. And then we're going to open up to have prayer. This is a time for our church to come together. This is a time for our church to come together and pray, stand, and be the church. So that's what we're going to be doing here tonight. So I'm going to start, though, with a couple of prayers because I already see a couple of prayer requests. So, Heather, I pray for your dad right now. I think this message, what I'm sharing tonight, is not just for your dad, of course, but it's for so many of us. But I pray that anxiety is silenced. I pray, Father God, that the peace of our almighty God guards Heather's dad's mind and his heart. And he is girded up. Father, I pray that he has a sense of knowing that you're carrying him, that you never leave him, that you never forsake him. And I pray, Father, that he just senses that you are surrounding him and protecting him. In Jesus' name. And Sarah, I pray for your family too. I thank you, God, that you're there. And I believe that the power of the Spirit that works in you, Sarah, that same power that dwells in you, that raised Jesus from the dead, that Holy Spirit is quickening your immune system and the immune system of your whole family. So I declare it right now, and I declare that any virus that touches your body dies on contact now, in Jesus' name, amen. So the title of this message, and it's gonna be a short and sweet one, but I believe it's a very practical one. The title is Faith Triumphs Over Fear. So first thing I want to acknowledge is that God made us a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Our soul includes our emotions, and fear is an emotion. So God has created us with a natural fear that serves a good purpose. So the fear that we have been given by God is a fear that protects us. It's a fear that keeps us from doing things like running into the street or picking up a snake. Natural fear sets boundaries and can even give us physical strength when needed. I believe that part of what we're experiencing right now with the coronavirus pandemic is that healthy fear, and that's okay. That's why I'm sitting here in an empty room. It isn't anything to do with the spirit of fear, but it is a caution. It is a knowing that we want to be safe, and sometimes we need to set boundaries, and that's okay. We want to do our part to keep our country, our people, whole and healthy, and part of that is natural fear. So I want to acknowledge that, that that's okay. But there's another fear that the Bible talks about. It's the spirit of fear. Sometimes, many times, and we're seeing it today, fear goes well beyond natural fear. 
In 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul tells us, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That spirit of fear can put us into bondage and cripple us and keep us from living the fullness of life that God gave us to live. So the danger of that spirit of fear is what I'm going to be talking about tonight because that can become a stronghold. And once firmly attached, it has the potential to be very destructive. So we're going to put up a chart right now, a simple chart, and I want to parallel faith and fear because fear is actually faith's parallel in the negative. First of all, faith. Faith is God's amazing creative power. And the result of conviction of faith, a conviction of being fully persuaded in the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the promises of God, leads us into the purposes of God. In John 10.10, Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a full, rich, and satisfying life. Fear, however, on the other hand, the opposite, is Satan's destructive power. And when our soul feeds fear, when we agree with the problem, we are opening the door to the enemy's destructive power of stealing, killing, and destroying. The second line on the chart says, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's Hebrews 12, 2. Faith is Jesus-focused. On the other hand, Satan, the enemy, is the author and the developer of the stronghold of fear or the spirit of fear. Fear is inward-focused or problem-focused. The third level, faith comes by hearing the word. That is Romans 10, 17. Fear also comes by hearing, but instead of hearing the word of God, the promises of God, fear comes when we hear and take in the words of the enemy. So faith comes by hearing the word. That's when the seed is sown. But faith is developed as we meditate on the truth, as we meditate on Jesus and his finished work, as we meditate on the goodness of God, as we meditate on the promises of the word. Faith is built up and strengthened and developed. But on the other hand, fear is developed when we meditate on the enemy's lies, when we meditate on the problem, when we worry, when we allow fear and, and the bad news and everything to take up residence in our soul and to spend time meditating on it, fear is fed or developed. So what I'm gonna do tonight is I am going to share five practical steps how to overcome fear. Friends, I have been dealing with the same thing you've been dealing with. That, that fear, that, that oh, it, to me, this is what it feels like. It feels like having a lead blanket at the dentist office put on my chest. I've been dealing with it in the last week as well. But I've also been doing my part spiritually to overcome it, and that's what I want to share with you tonight. So here's the first thing I want to share. Meditate on the love of God. Meditate on the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, not the pandemic, not the, the details 
about the coronavirus. In Revelations 12:11, scripture tells us that we overcome him. It's referring to the enemy, and I am specifically talking about the stronghold of the spirit of fear. We overcome the spirit of fear by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, the blood of the lamb is done. Jesus did his part. It's finished. Praise you, Jesus. Our part is the testimony of Jesus, to meditate on Jesus, the goodness of God, the finished work of the cross. And when we meditate on God and his love and the finished work of the cross, there is a spiritual truth that comes to pass. Let me read it to you from scripture. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. That word fear in the scripture is the Greek word phobio. It comes from our word phobia, or our word phobia comes from that word. It literally means to put to flight through terror, to be struck with fear, or to be seized with alarm. Do you agree that we've seen a lot of that in our country this past week? Now, the scripture says there is no fear, no terror, no phobia in love. But perfect love casts out fear. The perfect love that is being referred to here isn't your perfect love. It's not my perfect love. It's the perfect love of God. The love that is so high, so wide, so deep, so strong, so long, so perfect, so un, un, uh, 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 there's no way to describe how great it is. That's the love. That's the perfection of love that casts out fear. The word cast off means to take it off of you and literally throw it away. If you feel that lead blanket of fear on your chest or on your stomach or on your head, this word is for you. Scripture says that the perfect love of God takes that fear and casts it off of you. So many people ask me, and it's a good question, they say, well, Cindy, how do I know that kind of love? This is what I do. This is what I've been doing this week. I declare God's love over me. There's so many scriptures about God's love. I read them aloud. A really good place to look for scriptures about love is a website that's called The Father's Love Letter. There's a beautiful slideshow that goes with it. And the author of this, of this love letter has taken lots of scriptures all about the love of God, put them together, and it's a, it's, it just ministers to your soul, the love of God. So that's one idea. Another that I do is I have a lot of songs, worship songs, on my playlist that are about God's love to me. I turn on those songs. I let the words, the music just wash over me as God's love pours over me. And that fear, that, that heavy suffocating fear is literally taken off and removed from me. So that's step number one. Meditate on the love of God. The second strategy don't allow those worried thoughts to take up residence in your mind. They are not welcome. 
In 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5, God gives us a, a powerful strategy to overcome fear. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. So think with me for a minute. I'm talking tonight about the stronghold of the spirit of fear, the demonic, the negative spirit of fear. God says right here in this word that the weapons are not physical. Yes, we need physical weapons to fight the coronavirus. Yes, we do. I acknowledge that. But we need spiritual weapons, number one. And we definitely need spiritual weapons to fight the spirit of fear. But God promises right here that those weapons are mighty, mighty before God to overthrow and destroy the stronghold of the spirit of fear. That's good news. Then God gives us two steps to take. Here's the first one. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Okay, so here's the first step. God says we are to refute. The word refute means to prove to be false using evidence. So what are we proving to be false? Fear. The power of the destroyer over us. We have all kinds of scriptures about where God says, do not fear. We have all kinds of scriptures where it says, Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our strength. So we can refute the negative with the power of the word of God. Then the scripture goes on and it says, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. God says to take those thoughts captive. I believe he would not say this unless we were capable of doing it. So when worried thoughts, when fear attempts to take up residence in your heart or your mind, make a choice and say, nope, nope, I am not allowing you into my mind, into my soul, into my heart. I choose to take you captive because I want my heart, my mind to be on good. Jesus, his promises and everything that he has for me. Philippians 4 gives me another powerful direction. Verses 6 through 8, listen to this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Isn't that good? Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand, his peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So God's word says you don't need to worry. In fact, he says don't do it. He says don't worry. Instead, pray. And that's why we're here tonight. We're gonna be praying. Tell God what you need. Thank him and expect his peace that transcends all understanding. But then God gives us another direction in his word in the very next verse. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. God's word is true. And I'm just going to say this very clearly. The truth of God's word supersedes 
the facts of the coronavirus. So put your heart, your mind, your meditation on truth. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Praise God. He's worthy of praise. Praise him for his promises. Praise him for what you have seen him do already in your life. Give him the praise and thanksgiving that he is so worthy of. This is another strategy for overcoming fear. The third one I want to mention, guard your speech. Proverbs 18, 21 says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Listen to this statement I'm going to make now. Voicing our faith cancels out fear, but voicing our fear cancels out faith. It is so important during this season, friends, that we develop our faith through meditating on God's word, on God's goodness, on God's promise, and we do not develop our fears through speaking words of worries and words of the problem. I am going to um, just meditate right now on two scriptures with you. These are two that I have been um, meditating on in my own time. Like I said, everything I'm sharing with you is what I've been doing this week. This particular scripture, I feel every time I meditate on this word that I am taking medicine against the coronavirus. So as I meditate on this with you, just envision yourself taking a vaccination, a flu vaccination right now for the coronavirus. Listen to this, Psalm 91. I have personalized this for all of us. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about my Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue me from every trap and protect me from deadly disease. I will not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall at my side, though ten thousand are dying around me, these evils will not touch me. If I make the Lord my refuge, if I make the Most High my shelter, no evil will conquer me, no plague will come near my home. For he will order his angels to protect me wherever I go. That is the living word of God. God's word does not return void. God's word accomplishes that for which it was sent. This scripture is a scripture of protection. Our part is to do just what we're doing now. To dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Our part right now is to seek him, to put our hearts, our minds, our focus on him. And God's promise for us is that when we do, we are under his wings. We are under his protection. And no evil can harm us, including plagues, including the coronavirus. Here's another scripture for us. This is medicine for our soul. 
This is speaking words of life. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against us will succeed. And every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, we will condemn. This peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. That's good news. That's good news. That's our heritage. Our peace, our triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And that's who we are. The fourth piece I want to share about overcoming fear with faith is to surround ourselves with faith builders, not faith killers. It is essential to take strong measures to guard our heart from doubt and from fear. Remember the story about Jairus in the Bible? He had come to the Lord asking, asking, pleading for him to come and pray for his daughter who was at death's doorsteps. And then he got the worst news a father could ever get, that his little girl had already died. But what did Jesus do? The first thing he said was, be not afraid, only believe. And then he took action. He put everybody out of that room except the mother, the father, Peter, James, and John, and himself. He, sur he separated himself from faith killers, from people that wouldn't agree or believe as much as possible today in this, this, this craziness of the world that we're living in. We need to shut off the voices and the resources that discourage us. It is extremely important right now to control the information and the knowledge that's being fed into our lives. We need to starve doubt and fear and feed on Jesus. Feed on his good news, his word. I want to share a scripture from Proverbs chapter 4. And I want you to think right now about what I call the attention factor. Whenever we are in a season of our life where there's a crisis, whether it is a cancer diagnosis, whether it is an upheaval in your family, or whether it is this coronavirus pandemic, anytime we are in a crisis situation, we put our full attention on that thing. And everything in our life is, is um, revised and changed so that we can take care of the problem. Look at what we're doing now. That's why I'm here in an empty church, because we are isolated. We are quarantined for the safety of our people and our nation. That's a lot of attention we've given to this problem in our country. Now, here's what I want to share with you. God says in this scripture I'm going to read that we need to give that kind of attention to him and do his word. Listen to this. This is Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you. And pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words. 
until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Keep your eye on that scripture. Look at what it says. I'm just going to reiterate. He says, listen carefully. He says, pay attention. He says, fill your thoughts with my words. He says, let them penetrate deep into your spirit. Friends, as we take in his word, his promises, as we meditate on it, the seed of the word takes root. It becomes established. It grows roots. It grows strong. It grows powerful. And what is the result? Again, the scripture says that word will impart true life and radiant health to the very core of your being. Here we are in a pandemic. We are all seeking healing and health. The scripture says if our attention is as deeply poured into his word as what we're doing in the world right now, that we have medicine. The word is medicine. That word health in the scripture literally means medicine. And the scripture says this medicine will give us true life and healing. And that word life is the, is the Hebrew word che. And that word che is referring to physical life. Not, a, not everlasting life, not eternal life. It's referring to physical life. So this scripture says when our attention is poured into the really good news of the word, that it brings life. But I want to read the next verse as well. Verse 23. So above all, guard your heart. Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. So the phrase guard your heart refers to our thoughts, our will, our emotions, our discernment, and our affections. God says to guard, guard your thinking. He says to be diligent to do that because our heart determines what we believe and what we believe determines what we receive. If we're not guarding our heart, you may receive those negative things that are going around in the news into our hearts and receive along with them the stronghold of the spirit of fear, worry, unbelief. But if you're standing and believing and declaring God's word, no matter what you're hearing, seeing, or experiencing, out of your heart will spring the issues, the source of life and health. The last point that I want to make before we pray, the last strategy, practical strategy I have to overcome fear is praise and worship. As we make the choice to lift our hearts and our minds and our voices to praise God, we enter into the very presence of the Lord. He inhabits the praises of his people. And he strengthens us in faith as we praise him. 
Praise is a dynamic, powerful force that defeats the enemy. I want to read two scriptures. Here's the first one, Romans 4. This is about Abraham, our father in faith. No unbelief or distrust made Abraham waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Wow, is that good news? Notice the middle line of the scripture says that he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he worshiped. At the beginning of the scripture, it says he didn't doubt. He wasn't in fear. And at the end of the scripture, it says that he was fully satisfied and assured of God's word. That's faith. So because of his praise and worship, he didn't fear. He didn't waver. And because of his praise and worship, he was strong in his faith. And here's the last scripture I want to share before we go to our prayer portion. Psalm 34. I, for one, choose to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble and downtrodden will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and, left a, and let me, let us lift up his name together. I sought the Lord on the authority of his word and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Hallelujah. He delivered me from all my fears as we lift him up, as we extol him, as we magnify him. There is victory that's another whole teaching. There is victory in praise. He delivers us from our fear in the midst of praising and worshiping him. So there you have five powerful strategies to implement and to let it carry you through this season, through the fire. And I and you, we will not be burned in Jesus' name. Okay, we are going to go into our prayer portion now of this night, and I have so many good, yummy things to pray. Let's take a peek at my watch. Okay, I'm going to start by praying for healing. I am a minister of healing, and with all my heart, with everything in me, I know that Jesus heals today. So I want to pray for healing. I want to speak some words, some scripture, specifically right now, over our immune systems. So I'm just going to declare right now a declaration of faith. I speak health, strength, and life over immune systems. I forbid confusion in immune systems. I declare right now that the same powerful Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and quickens our immune systems with the life and the wisdom of God, which guards the life and the health of our bodies. And in Jesus' name, I forbid our bodies to be deceived in any manner. Body, I speak to you right now. I declare that you will not be deceived 
by any virus or disease germ, including the coronavirus. Neither will you work against life or health in any way. Every cell of our bodies support life and health. And I declare right now, I speak over immune systems. I speak right now over people right there who are listening, who have compromised immune systems and are concerned overly, for a good reason, about this pandemic. I speak over your immune systems right now, and I call them supernaturally strengthened. This scripture it says that the same spirit that raised our Lord Jesus from the dead dwells in you, dwells in me, and quickens our immune system. So I say, immune systems, right now, I'm speaking to you, come alive, be balanced, be strengthened. And I am declaring right now over this body of Christ, over this body of believers, that if a virus touches your body, it will die on contact in the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs> That's good news. In the mighty name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit working in you destroys coronavirus in the mighty name of Jesus. I am going to speak directly to the mountain right now. Coronavirus, listen up. I'm speaking to you. Guess what? You have to bow before the name of Jesus because scripture says that every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, you are Lord over the coronavirus. Scripture also says that when we abide in God and we allow his word to abide in us, that we can ask anything in his name and it will be done. So I declare right now that the pandemic of coronavirus is eradicated by the power of God. I don't deny that there's a deadly virus out there right now, but I deny its right to come against my family, my loved ones, my body of Christ, my friends, my acquaintances, or anybody out there that is in need, period. Coronavirus, I condemn you right now. I call you broken. I call you defeated in Jesus' name. And I declare right now, for me and for my house, that we are going to stop speaking this beast into existence, and we're going to begin to speak it into exile in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are Lord over the coronavirus and every other virus created by man. We give you praise and glory and honor that corona and every other virus will stop right now in its tracks, wither at its roots, and die completely. All glory to you, King Jesus. All honor to you. All honor and glory to you. I pray right now for the health and the well-being of everybody in my country, in the United States of America. I pray for everybody globally right now. And I'm just gonna say, <laughs> nothing is too big for my God. I declare right now, Luke 137, with 
God. With God, no thing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. And I declare 1 Peter 5, 7. God says, cast all our cares on him because he loves us, because he's a good, good father. So I pray right now for the health and well-being of you, of your family, of the the, our loved ones in this country, the United States of America. I pray for your loved ones across the world. And I pray right now for healing and health. Jesus, I put my eyes right now on you. I declare Isaiah 53 right now, verse four and five. In that scripture, the prophetic word says, surely, surely, Jesus, you have carried our pain you have borne our disease. The, the precious, the penalty, the price, the chastisement for our peace, for our shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken was upon you, Jesus, and by your stripes we were healed. So I speak healing right now over bodies. I want to speak specifically over lungs right now. Father, I thank you that you have created our bodies in such an amazing, perfect way. I declare right now that the air that you give us to breathe, the breath that you give us to breathe in our lungs is literally healing. Holy Spirit, come and heal lungs right now. If you have COPD, put your hand on your lungs. If you're fighting lung cancer, put your hands on your lungs. If you have been diagnosed with asthma or allergies of any kind, Put your hands on your lungs. I speak to lungs right now. Lungs, do you hear me? Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I say lungs, be healed and restored in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath. Breathe in the air that God has given you to breathe. I thank you, Jesus, for the way you created us. And I thank you right now that lungs are being healed in Jesus' name. I want to speak over the elderly right now. I want to speak over those who are uh, mature in years. And I declare over you what I declare over myself every day. I declare Psalm 103, verse 5. God says he will satisfy us with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. I saw on the news today that there was a 103-year-old woman who had the coronavirus, and she is now completely healed. And I declare right now, first of all, no virus will touch her body and live, but I declare right now over you health and wellness. And I declare right now you will live long and finish strong in Jesus' holy, powerful name. I pray for you right now, especially if you're in a nursing home and not able to have your family visit you. I pray that the presence of God just saturates that environment so richly, so beautifully, that you know, that you know, that you know that the love of God is carrying you in a way you've never experienced before. I pray even for dreams and visions, that you are so nurtured and so loved that you will tell your children how well you were cared for by God himself and by ministering angels. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Patty, you're reading my mind because I have a prayer right here on my list that says, you know, first I have to just say, my greatest joy in ministry is not seeing bodies healed. My greatest joy in ministry is seeing lives changed. Because I'm going to tell you what happened to me 17 years ago when I was diagnosed with cancer and then Jesus healed me. I came seeking healing. I needed healing. There was no hope in the natural. But I found a lot more than I asked for because I came to know Jesus. And now that's what I get to witness in the ministry of healing. I get to witness people coming seeking healing. And when they hear these amazing promises of God and, and when they get to experience and encounter the love of God and the truth, Lives are crazy, radically changed. So, Patty, I agree with you. Patty McConville, I agree with you. And I pray right now, Father God, I pray that people turn their hearts to the living God and come to know you in a way they've never known you before. I pray, Father, that they are captivated by you. I pray for a revival in hearts, hearts changed, turned to you, God. There's nothing better. Father, thank you for lives radically picked up, turned around, and put back on the ground, never, never to be the same again. I ask this in Jesus' name. I want to pray right now for our medical staff people on the front lines. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the calling on your life. You know, your calling isn't very much different than mine. I'm in the ministry of healing and so are you. But I pray for you right now. I pray for this God's super on your natural. I pray that you are so covered with an anointing that you can put your hands, your time, your, your knowledge, your wisdom to work. And it's so much better than you could do on your own that you know that it's God working through you. I pray for protection, complete protection. I pray that there is a bubble Holy Spirit bubble completely surrounding you that no virus can get in, in Jesus' name. I pray and I believe. I have been declaring this, so I'm just thanking you for it right now, God. I believe that this is going to be so much less than what you're expecting, that it's just going to be simple, that everything is going to flow so simply. Yes, you will be caring for those in need, but it won't be at a crisis level. It won't be at a um, traumatic kind of level. I believe that. I've been declaring it, and I praise you, God, for it. I thank you, God, for it. <clears throat> I want to pray right now for our nation. I want to pray for unity. I want to pray... Father God, that 
we come together as one. In the Pledge of Allegiance, in this country, we declare our allegiance to the flag, and then we say we are one nation under God, indivisible. God, we've been declaring that our whole lives. There's power in our words. I believe those are words of life. So I declare them right now. I declare, yes, we are one nation under God. God, you're our God. You're our God. We give you lordship. We give you lordship over this nation. You're our God. And I declare, we are indivisible. I pray for unity. I pray that we come together for one cause. That we come together to take care of your people, to love your people, to minister to your people. And that there's no more left and right and Democrat and Republican and liberal and conservative. God, I pray that this draws us together. God, give everyone ears to hear and hearts to be open and to love. Father, I pray for my president, President Trump. I pray for Vice President Pence. I pray especially for the team that are surrounding him right now. Father, I thank you that President Trump has always chosen to have advisors surrounding him, including spiritual advisors. And I pray, Father, that together they heed your voice. Together they make good decisions. Together they have wisdom from above to guide and direct them. I even pray right now, Father God, for um, uh, uh, testing um, va vaccinations and other antibiotics or medicines that work explodingly excellent, God, miracle working in Jesus' name. Dunamis, I pray for dunamis on that medicine in Jesus' name. You're a big Godfather. I fully expect to see something that this country cannot deny as a move of God. That's what I expect. And I thank you for it, Father. Oh, I thank you for it. I am going to read one more declaration, overcoming fear. I want to see if there's any other prayer requests on here. Okay. If there's anybody out there right now who has already been diagnosed with the coronavirus and you're listening in, I'm praying for you specifically right now. I'm praying for a man named Josh that my son knows and my daughter-in-law. And I'm praying for anybody else out there that has already been diagnosed with coronavirus. And I'm speaking to you. Be healed in Jesus' name. By the stripes of Jesus, your healing was already purchased. And I'm standing in faith. And everybody that's listening is standing in faith right now with you. That's a powerful prayer of agreement. We're standing in faith right now that that virus is completely destroyed now. Quickly, quickly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, for healing people right now who have already been diagnosed with the coronavirus. And if you're carrying the virus and you don't even know it, that prayer goes for you as well. 
in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to read this um, last declaration, and then we're going to finish with another worship song, praising God and overcoming fear. In your heart, declare this with me. I am strong and very courageous. I will not fear. I will not let fear impact my life. I am not afraid because God's word gives me boldness and audacity. I do not fear the enemy. I do not fear coronavirus. I do not fear any disease. I am not intimidated by sickness and disease, but they are intimidated by my faith in God's word. My faith and trust in God and his word destroys the power of fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear. He has given me power and love and a sound mind. I refuse to get stressed out. I refuse to worry or be anxious. I stand firm and fearless in my faith. I will not fear because God is for me, God is with me, and God is in me. When God is for me, then nothing can be against me. Because God is in me, I can conquer anything. I am bold in my faith and I refuse to let one ounce of fear enter my life. I shall not be afraid, for the Lord is my God. I shall not fear, because my confidence is in the Lord. No fear here in Jesus' name. I have a couple more prayer requests right here. Amanda, I agree with you, girl. Your spine is healed and whole. I speak over your lower back right now, and I declare right now a miracle from God, a creative miracle, Amanda, in your whole spine, from the first vertebrae in your neck down to your tailbone. There is a powerful uh, um, faith stirring right here in this room right now, in the airwaves, in your living room right now. And Amanda, I declare it in the mighty name of Jesus, be healed. And Jenny, this is the lady that led me to the Lord, guys. Jenny, love you, Jenny. She said to pray for the risk group. I already did pray for this, Jenny, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention it again. Anybody who is immune compromised, anyone who is high risk, I have a lot of those people in my family too. I pray for you and I declare, according to the name of Jesus, strength, strong immune system, wholeness in your immune system, Protection, Psalm 91 protection. All glory to you, God. And that's for Charles David Porter as well. Thank you, God. Anyone out there who has immune compromission or high risk, God, you've got it. I thank you that you have it in Jesus' name. Okay, we're going to turn on um, um, the next video. And we are going to raise our voices and our hearts to declare our faith, not fear, but faith. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my
So oh.